Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Jay Cross. Hi Mark Packham. How does it feel to have all the big dollar? Oh, really good. I know that you are a moneyed man. Um, often. And you've got the big bucks. Uh, okay. Um, would you like to give some of that to me? I, uh, that's what I think about most of my time. How would you like to exchange those big bucks mm-hmm. um, in, you know, very small portions on a monthly basis? So not loads of money? Um, no, just a very small amount okay. for... Bear with me. Yes. Extra guitar nerds content. Sounds really good, actually. Well, I've got a service for you. Tell me more. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as $1 a month, which I know you can afford. I can, actually. Um, you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. What do you get? You get at the $1 tier, you get this podcast ad-free. So you don't have to listen to annoying stuff like this. Indeed. Yes. And you also get it early. You do. Don't you also get the show notes that I write? You do. You get some very, very in-depth show notes to talk you through all the products that we talk about each week. They're not that in-depth, but... They're, you know, they're good fun. Yeah. At $5 a month... Okay. You get all that... Yes. Plus an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds podcast every (sighs) single week. Is it only an extra half hour some weeks it is but a lot of weeks you'll also get um things like nice interview content so matt knight generally talking to some of the best pedal builders around the world plus me talking to people doing stuff with guitars on the internet um and you'll also get access to the mini series that we do yes things like branton's ranton oh no where joe branton talks about the things that he hates yes that's the $5 tier. Yeah, tell There's, me more. That gives you access also to all the previous content. So at the moment, you're looking at about 70 to 80 hours. I d- that's too much. It's basically the Netflix of cool guitar stuff. I, d- I don't need that much guitar notes. You do. I think okay. you do. I think you do. But what you need more than that is the $10 a month tier. Okay. Where you get your name read out, listen, on the main Guitar Nerds podcast. This tier is actually locked at a certain number of people, cause, but spots do come up from time to time. So right. if you want your name read out, keep checking that that tier uh, is available because one day it will be, and you'll get your name read out by Joe Branton in a funny voice. You're very mean. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. It's the Netflix for guitar nerds stuff. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. And Jay Cross. Hi, Mark. And hi, Matt. No Hello, Joe Branton Jay. this evening. He Wait, is. Who? Yeah, who's that again? Who? Um, he is uh, out at a wedding, I a believe. Wedding? Not his own. His wedding. No, oh. not his. No. That would be weird. Surely we'd be there. Uh, I mean, I, 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 actually, I the, hope so. the way that we've treated him. Well, I'll be washing my hair anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The way he's going to schedule his uh, he's going to schedule his wedding for a for a Monday so that he gets out of doing the podcast again. Yeah, and 100%. we has an excuse for us not to be there. Muse covers so, band. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it would be some terrible math band playing, wouldn't it? Oh, completely. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, what can you do? Um, 
In uh, Joe Branton news, just quickly, I just wanted to read out an email before we get started. I know oh, this is breaking the uh, the format. Um, so where was it? Alex says, anyone had any luck with Joe Branton's acting career? <laughs> I've wasted an hour of my life looking at YouTube and on Google. If he was credited, his name was different. Well, I don't <laughs> think he's credited. I mean, he was like nine. No, he's a bit older than that. I think he's really? like 12 or 13, something right, like that. Okay. Um, but probably... Not important enough to have an IMDb page. He doesn't, as far as I can remember, because I've seen the clip, he doesn't speak. In right. It, so okay. he probably isn't credited. I'll describe the scene. And for some reason, I've got a feeling it's either Demon Headmaster Series 2, Episode 4. <laughs> Why do you know that? I don't know. I don't know. Or it's Season 4, Episode season 2. two. Okay. It's, one of, <laughs> and it's a scene where a school bully is confronting the kids. And um, wait, 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 is he a kid or is he a bully? He's on the bully side. Oh, so he's like he's like Crab and Goyle. Yeah, he's like he's, he's like, like one he, of the He's like the guy in the back. <laughs> does he have a mustache at this point? He, <laughs> no, I don't think he does, which is why it may be difficult to recognize him. But saying it's the demon headmaster, it could also be Aquila. I just seem to remember it being season 2, episode 4. So it's wow. one of, one of those two shows and it is uh, up until well it was definitely on YouTube about 18 months ago it may be it may have been taken down but I don't know why someone would do that but if you can find it um, and you can post a screenshot on the group maybe we should send some sort of prize the first person to find it and post a screenshot alternatively if any uh, podcast listeners out there work in the um, entertainment casting industry um, and you're after extras please you know, if you need us to forward you Joe Branson's lengthy resume. He couldn't... There's no way he could be an extra because the moustache is too distracting. Like... I mean, maybe if it was uh, an extra in a show about... Moustaches. <laughs> decades. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, the first person to find it, I think there is going to be a bounty. First person to find the clip and share it with everyone um, on... Uh, from YouTube onto the Facebook group. Um, we've got some unclaimed pedals and stuff here that <laughs> prizes. So that's what I'm going to say. You win a prize for the first person to claim it. Anyway, um, how are you guys? Matt Knight, um, it's been a long Easter bank holiday weekend. Have you had much guitar playing time? I have. Yeah, I think I played guitar all day. I've lost what track today is. Saturday? It's Monday today. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, I, th- I play guitar um, all day, actually, from about one o'clock until about nine o'clock in the evening. Wow, that is quite a session. Like, Yeah, I just kind of sat down, played guitar, watched some YouTube videos, did a bit of practice and kind of like just the, the day just like melted away. It was is, great. Is Amy away at the moment? Uh, she was away oh, all day. <laughs> That's she why. went to go and visit her friend's new cat, Didier. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Probably a Chelsea fan. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it was a very cute cat. I decided to stay here and play guitar um, with my own cat. You did. I've got one. I need to see another one. You did a Facebook Live this weekend. I think it was yesterday, wasn't it? And your own cat made a little cheeky little appearance. Yeah, he just he loves being around you whenever you're doing something. He wants to be in the way, um, which is fine. I because I like him, so it's all right. But it was great. Um, and then I saw that you've done this. Facebook Live have, or Facebook have changed the way you can do live videos now, so we can do two camera feeds and have an external audio source as well. We're actually uh, doing a cheeky little backdoor method uh, to be able to do that onto uh, onto face into the group. So um, for those, if you're listening to the podcast and you're not part of the group, which you should be, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Um, we found a way basically to do multi-camera and uh, like proper audio onto Facebook Live. So what that means is um, we can do demos where there'll be one camera on someone playing, one camera on the pedal, for example, um, and we can have proper audio. So if, we, if I'm doing it at my end, I could use the two notes rig. Um, or Matt, I guess you're probably going to mic something up, right? Yeah, I, I was thinking I could use the Hughes and Kettner red box because if we can take an external source, I can actually have... Um, a proper microphone for talking and I could have um, a direct feed from the um, the Hughes and Cat and Red Box as well. Yeah, that sounds um, sounds good. So yeah, do uh, do join the Facebook group because that's kind of, I guess when pedals come in, that's where we'll be going first before we do a proper demo on the uh, on the YouTube page. 
Yeah, I'm going to try every time something comes in, I'm going to try and do like an unboxing and then like short uh, live demo, I think. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. So what did you um, what did you kick this off with yesterday? So the three, well, three of the four new pedals that we've got. So the Amaratsu from Ground Audio Control. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to plug it in when you got it, Mark, but it is the loudest boost I've ever heard in my entire life. One hundred percent. Yeah, I had it like dialed back on like one or something. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. I think we 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 thought that when we heard the um, uh, the Glass yes, boost? sure. Clock. No, that's not one thing. I've gone completely blank. The pedal that won uh, pedal of, um, gear of the year, the Echo Line Road the Runner. The Echo Line Road Runner. Yeah. Yes, we thought that when we heard that as well. That was like a really incredible. I think, I think this is notes. actually louder. Wow. I think this is almost beyond. Like this is bordering pointlessly loud. <laughs> it's an amazing sounding pedal. It sounds great, but I mean, I actually, I put it on my main pedal board after I finished doing the live demo to hear it through my amp, and I actually just had the volume or what they call the gain control dialed at zero really and it made everything sound better right zero and the bright switch on i was like this is just like the best buffer at the front of a pedal board ever yeah yeah um so yeah great great pedal for that i mean um especially with like a les paul that's slightly darker sounding kind of brightens everything up really nicely but super loud i suppose if you've got like a cranked amp and you really want to like push the front end mega hard that is definitely one of the best pedals for it really well built as well nice screen print um yeah that was a great pedal then into the drybell vibe machine yes this the so most- this this is the one that impressed me most on the demos actually because i plugged it in briefly at home and i couldn't really get the best out of it but it sounded really good on your end yeah so it's basically a I hate to use the word clone, but I suppose it's based on a Univibe. So two modes, vibrato and chorus. And I never know why they called it chorus, because it doesn't sound anything like chorus in any way, shape or form. It's just kind Uh, of a a slightly more warbly vibe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but it's it's got two controls on the front, speed and intensity, which is what you'd expect. Two dip switches, one for chorus or vibrato, you kind of expect that, and then one for three different modes, and then there's seven trim pots on the side. Yeah. It's like the most tweakable pedal I think I've ever come across in terms of like setting it up. I think like that's volume, like pitch, like everything all on the side. I think and that's... then you've got a foot switch for expression pedal as well. Yeah, did you um because you got the expression pedal with it as well, didn't you? Yes, they they have this like little one button tap I think it's supposed to be either a tap tempo. Or you can plug an expression pedal in and use it for either speed or intensity. Um, but I didn't bother. I just kind of set it up for kind of one speed and, and left it at that, really. But that was a great sounding pedal. In terms of Univibes, yeah, top notch. Without without going for like the recent Korg uh, new vibe, that like 600 quid expression pedal exact replica, this is like one of the best vibe pedals I think I've heard. Super authentic, isn't it? Just sounds like yeah, you know, like you hear on a Hendrix record or whatever. Yeah, and I think they've just kind of yeah, with the tweakability, I think they've kind of found every point on the circuit that you might want to adjust something and then just add a trim pot. But if you don't want to touch them, they're kind of set in the factory and away you go. And then the last one was the Rock Fabric Effects Aqualung, which has got the best LED I've ever seen in a pedal. It's a black light, so the same sort of light that you put over a, a a note to check whether it's real or not. Oh yeah, so it is. Yeah. <laughs> so when you look at it, it looks really weird. It, it doesn't look like a normal LED. It's kind of, um, isn't it like kind of purpley? Room, it like, shows up amazingly. Isn't it kind of purpley? Yeah, it's like kind of a really rich purple. Yeah. But great sounding overdrive. Really clean, um, sort of like transparent. Doesn't change much your sound. Quite bright sounding low and high cut options which was quite nice when using it with a les paul and then swap into like a strat um so that was just really nice so i'm looking forward to demoing those and we got sent last week the anna sounds lazy comp which is a french company and they do wooden topped pedals so oh, all i their saw pedals your, are like i saw your pictures of this this yeah, looks amazing they're yeah. really good so wooden topped and then like carved or etched uh on top with like not rather than an LED, it's like a green mirror, and then there's a light behind it that like lights up the A of their of their logo. 
but really nice sounding compressor actually got a couple of uh, trim pots inside for adjusting but the main thing you've got on the front is just a mix control so more sort of vintage vibe like the kind of um the pulp and peel that we've seen and the um yeah, more like more like a dynacomp okay i suppose or a bit more like the bright onion baking powder okay same sort of vibe as vibe as that really kind of set and forget set the mix level and and away you go I'm looking forward to hearing that. We're getting some like I know people always moan about like how much we talk about what pedals look like, but we're getting some great looking pedals. Like that Amaratsu, brilliant little screen print on it. The Aqualung's got kind of almost like a kind of gig poster feel to it. Um, and you know this um, the Anna Sound and also this Luna Stone um, True Overdrive that we've got um, for demo pretty shortly has also got that big you know the oversized led indicator in it um and they all look completely different but they all look fantastic um and it's you know as we've talked about before before that's kind of one of the reasons that you choose one over the other isn't it obviously the sound sound is important um is the most important thing but you know how they look on your board is becoming more and more important i think you you always get drawn i mean with so many choices you kind of get drawn by the way that something looks first don't you so if you kind of don't stand out it can be a bit difficult. Yeah. I tell you, I mean, I think it's just part of a wider conversation in general in that um, pedal companies are, are, are kind of realising that branding is extremely important. And not only that, is some people are completely um, all about the aesthetic like we are, you know. Well, I mean, um, when, you've, when and, you've got post pictures on your Instagram, you well, know, completely, it's got to look good. Completely. <laughs> but... Um, I, whenever I think, whenever this conversation comes up, and and people saying like, oh, you know, you stop talking about what pedals look like all the time, I always think back to, um, and I can't remember the brand, but it was there was a uh, a pedal company that it might have been, it might have been Desert, um who was it? They they brought out a range of bass pedals, and they were on display in the GAC bass department when you were working there, and they were all metal, and the only way to differentiate between them was they had different shape that the etching rocktron rocktron so what a completely ridiculous branding exercise yeah because the point is is that they want you to buy all of their pedals yeah however as soon as those pedals are on a pedal board you can't tell the difference between no. any of them they had like a tiny symbol on the front of them well um that was etched in yeah, that it, you couldn't see in the dark it was absolutely at, no it was, way and and that is always for me the argument of why it does matter what a pedal looks like yeah uh, is because you need to be able to see it when you're playing. So, it's so well, you, you can, know, go, so you can put them in a rack and then connect an ESA up completely, and yeah. never and look at them ever again. Ten, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, last week we were talking. I think it was last week we were talking about there was a brand in North London. Joe Brand mentioned them, North Effects. I think they were called or something like that, and they were just like a metal box with no writing on them whatsoever. But they were about fifty or sixty pounds. Yeah. Um, they I saw them in a shop on Denmark Street and I was like I have no idea what any of these pedals do yeah because there's no indicator at least with the um, you know like the vibe machine and stuff obviously it's called a vibe machine so you know it's a vibe but it's got like wacky 60s writing yeah. on it you know it's going to be a like a uni vibe style pedal um, yeah I think you know it is important it is important and you know we'll get people comment on the group saying you shouldn't talk about what pedals look like Ped- it, lo- it matters it does matter you know what else it matters in and it's the same conversation beer Beer shops. That's yeah, totally. Well, beer shops. When you see boring, boring branded bottles, it's like I'm not going to buy that because you, I'm not going to remember. <laughs> why are you going to buy? I mean, a, you know, apart from the quality of the beer, why are you going to buy Heineken when you could buy Beaver Town, which well, yeah, has got like ridiculous, branding, incredible yeah. artwork on it? So, um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, um, I tell you the other thing, Matt Knight. I tell you the other thing is there was some there was some proper faces going on during your Facebook live. Uh, oh, mate, I'm breaking out all the faces. There were some these proper days. faces. Think, just as we're saying that it's important to have, you know, good branding on your pedals. It's important to pull a good face <laughs> because people remember those faces. It, there was some. There was some proper faces going on during during Matt Knight's uh, Facebook Live um, stream. And actually, my favourite point uh, of the whole thing was during. I can't remember which one it was, but at one point you went, oh. Sorry, I sort of got a bit lost there. I, f- I forgot what I was doing because you just got so into yeah, playing I it. Think that's, I think that's the great thing, though. Sometimes when you get a guitar pedal in, we've had it before, we've demoed it, and then you kind of just like, you find that sound. You're just like, oh, this is great. Was, and I think, that's, I think that's always a testament to how good an, a pedal is, yeah. in our opinion, if we can kind of get lost in it. Well, it was, it was uh, extremely entertaining. Me and uh, Maddie were sat at home watching you on my phone. 
Uh, and oh. we both thought it was absolutely hilarious when you realised that you were you sort of woken up from the fact that you were doing a live stream. How uh, sad is it that <laughs> Ella and I were both sitting watching it as well? <laughs> there we go. Exciting stuff. Um, Matty, maybe you should set up a Twitch channel, but not playing computer games, just playing guitar for hours. Yeah, if only there was like a website that allowed you to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that weird. <laughs> weird. Mm. Anyway, I think we should move on. Jay Cross, you're, um, you're on Death's Door. I'm not feeling very well again today. Joe Branton had it what a couple of weeks ago where he uh, could we've been, barely talk. We've been doing that is true. Yeah, you two, you do do you two even do a lot of mouth to mouth. You two, great band. Great band. I think <laughs> that you two may have caused this illness, Bono and the Edge. Right. I think just because how bad they are. Right. Okay. Um, they uh, they've just caused you to be ill. Yeah, I did. I, I've spent uh, I've spent the weekend, the long weekend. I, I always get ill around long weekend around like bank holidays and stuff Christmas and Easter I'm just always run down I don't know why I think it's my body being like you've got time off chill out man yeah and then it attacks um, itself yeah completely so I've uh, I've spent um, all weekend uh, sat on the sofa watching football except for when I went to football and then went back to the sofa yes you um, you made out to football this weekend you yeah I was feeling alright for a little dead. bit I dosed myself up on uh, Lemsip and uh that's what I've been doing all day today. So um, that's, but that's enough of that sob story. Yeah, yeah. Well, glad that you um, you could make it in. Um, oh, completely. Joe Bratton uh, obviously couldn't this week. So good to have two of you um, here. So, man, I, I've got some questions for you. Um, I am moving house, as we've talked about a, a few times, um, and yes. I feel that I'm going to have a place to play guitar in the new house and a place to do streaming and stuff, as we've talked about, like streaming to the Facebook group. Um, I need to build a pedal board for the basic streaming setup so what i want on it is the uh two notes le clean preamp okay the two notes uh torpedo cab and okay. mo- uh, cab modeler plus also maybe i want to put on there the sound card no maybe i don't because that's got to be near the computer so basically i need those two and maybe i'll just get some stuff off my board for, or maybe I'll leave that on a separate board. I think what I need is just something I can easily plug in to do streaming. So the LeClean, the Torpedo Cab, with a power supply that will power both of those, and I can plug straight into the wall. What are we saying, Matt? I would go for... It's, it's a shame that we don't um, live stream this sometimes because it'd be quite cool to show you, but I bought, for the, almost exactly the same reason, a pedal train. Let me grab it. Which one is it? Metro 16. Okay. It was £44, um, and it was just, for the size-wise, it's absolutely perfect. Um, It's about the depth of the two notes. Okay. The clean, very amp. Um, Just 16 inches long, so it will take, like, four or five compact pedals. Okay. Um, And you can fit a T-Rex power supply just about underneath. Like, I've got a fuel tank junior under there, and it still sits on the, uh, the little rubber feet. Will one of the fuel tanks power both of those units plus maybe another pedal? Um, what? What's the two notes? What, what uh, 12 volt, aren't they? Yeah. I think so. You'd probably have to go for... They're both 12 volt? No, the like, LeClean, I think, is 9 volt and the um, cab, cab is 12, is 12 volt. volts. Maybe 12 volts. if you bought the bigger fuel tank... Or maybe the Dunlop brick is the brick. No, the, the DC the, brick. Got the, no, out the, now? the ISO brick has um, eight nine volts and two eighteen volts. Oh, that's no use, is oh, it? I need twelve. That's rubbish. Um, God damn it! The, um, <laughs> the chameleon. The chameleon will switch. You can switch each output from nine to twelve. They're quite a lot of money, yeah. though, aren't they? They are quite a lot of yeah. money, but they are very, very good. Yeah, I can't. I, those there's those so ones few th- are isolated, aren't they? Because the standard fuel tank was never isolated, if I remember rightly. Yeah, uh, it's, um, twelve volts is a weird. It is. It is. Maybe I'll just use the power supplies that come with them. Maybe I'll just like tape a four-way to the board in some way and just like put those in there and leave it's them in very, there. It's not very guitar nodes though, is it? It's not very guitar nodes and I wanted a real easy solution. Oh, maybe the other I option. I think you can buy a 12-volt. In fact, if you used... Yeah, um, so Gig Rig make a load of adapters for their generator power system. Okay. Um, and they're effectively, they are just... They're universal. They don't have to work with their power supply, but they're designed to go on the end of... Um, like any nine volt out and they're basically transformers and they actually do one called i want to say it's called the supernova 
and I think it does nine and it transfers nine to twelve volt. Yes, that's right. So you could buy one of them, and that's just a normal adapter to go on the end of a sort of any normal nine volt output. It needs to be relatively high output, so it probably needs to be like three hundred milliamps, um, which you can think you can get off an ISO brick, and that will take the normal twelve, normal nine, turn it into twelve, and wow. they're about forty quid. That's interesting. So quite, that's well useful. Yeah. Um, so they do like isolated high output adapters for things like Strymon so um, or like the ES8 for example needs 400 milliamps 9 volt but you want an isolated one so they do a a 400 milliamp isolated 9 volt that just goes on the end of a normal one okay so I think Diego did something similar to that didn't they they did they did did a voltage doubler though they did one for an 18 I don't think they ever did a a 9 to 12 I can't remember if they did I'm sure I remember seeing something at the time I was like that's really impractical but then <laughs> I think it turned out I actually bought one because I needed one at some point <laughs> of course, of course <laughs> um, I'll do some digging so we think it's the Metro 16 is the board to go for that will house the both Metro those. 16 I, and I think having that set up all the time it comes with a nice little gig bag for 40 quid I couldn't believe it when I bought it I was like 44 pounds for that yeah that sounds well um, good yeah and it work, It does work really well it comes in a nice little gig bag that you can carry it around in okay yeah perfect interesting interesting so that yeah okay that sounds good so that will uh, will add that to the uh, the streaming setup this end i think that sounds um good shall we dive into some news good i, like I, don't, I don't like being the replacement for joe branton i, I sort of find it weird we've like we've stepped into what's the bizarro world in star trek called where they go through the mirror. It's just called the mirror world, isn't it? Okay, I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, like in DS9. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a... I don't think they have a name for it. I think in, they call it the mirror dimension. Maybe. <laughs> Something like that. Where the... What happens in DS9? It's that the Cardassians are in charge of the space station. Yeah. And Kira works for the them. What? Did you say the Kardashians? The Kardashians <laughs> are... Yeah, it's, it's a really weird mirror universe where the Kardashians are in charge of uh, Deep Space Nine. And also, um, there's like the rebel... There's like there's like a band of rebels. There and, is. And uh, Tuvok, who is in Voyager, yes. is there as an unnamed character. Yeah, Which is really cool. That, I really like that. Yeah. Wait, which one's... Oh, Tuvok is the... He's like a, a Vulcan... Like half Vulcan, half, half Vulcan, human, Vulcan, half, half human. <laughs> Frey Bentos. Anyway, um, let's do some news. Give me one second. My list of news has disappeared. There we go. Right, so Walrus Audio have unveiled the Monument Harmonic Tremolo. Bat Knight, give us the deets. Do you, I, I was thinking this when I read this. Do you think companies like Walrus Audio, when they started, had actually already built like 50 pedals? They're just holding they're it back. Like, We'll just hold it back and just slowly release them over the course of um, like five years. Because I swear they have a new pedal every week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not complaining, but they, I mean, it's just amazing. They are absolutely smashing yeah. pedals out at the moment. Um, considering I think they had a new pedal out like two weeks ago. Um, and this is their harmonic tremolo. So the best way to describe that is the tremolo that's similar to the one that's on the Strymon Flint. That one that sounds almost like a vibrato yes in a way it's got that kind of real like deep thud to it and i and i think it's based off an old photo cell tremolo off some of the old fenders it, I, it, it sort of gives I a think that's where it comes it from. gives like a, although it says harmonic it's like gives a kind of um a pitch quality to the trend yeah. doesn't it yeah although it's i don't think it's actually physically doing anything with the pitch it's just got that but it's got that kind of feel to it almost like a univibe mm. in, in some way yeah um rate and depth controls which you'd um expect tap tempo which i always think is really nice um with four different divisions so you can whatever you tap the tempo in um you can automatically divide it by that if you want kind of like dotted notes or um you know like a much quicker range and you can physically tap in um five different waveforms from the standard sine wave square wave to up to kind of like more like a random uh, volume which is always really handy because you can actually then use it as a volume boost uh, which is one feature that's coming out on a lot of trems now so you can actually almost dial the depth all the way down but turn the volume up so they work like a clean boost effectively it's like those um, um, it's like the wire pedals that allow you to put volume back in i guess because when yeah. you're with a tremolo you're purposefully taking some of the volume out at some points um yeah. so i guess to balance the signal back out i get that's why they have the volume control 
and I suppose if you're using something like an old Marshall, that something doesn't have like trim on it, but kind of you can push the front end and get a little bit of drive out of it. You know, that's perfect for this. Um, standard mono in, mono out. But what I thought was really cool is the foot switch is, uh, works in two ways. Standard, tap it on to turn it on, tap it again to turn it off. But you can actually hold it down and it works like a momentary control. Okay. So a bit like the Spark Booster Mini. So everything kind of ramps up to the control that's set physically on the panel. And then when you take your foot off, it all kind of dies down again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's... um. There was rumblings of a new TC Electronic pedal this week, and I'm not sure we can talk about it yet, even though there has been some stuff published online. Well, oh, yeah, there, I think there was some sort of like accidental leak. Break. There yeah. was, uh, I saw something on Amazon. So we should not talk about it yet until we've had confirmation uh, as to whether they've um, they want it to be talked about. I guess. Well, I mean, it is it, it is it is on, out there. It is on the single biggest retailer retail outlet in the entire world that is true that is true but yeah i agree i don't want to get us in trouble and we don't know all the details but from the picture um it looks as though there's some cool features to that similar to what matt's talking about in in terms of momentary foot switch slash expression controls but we'll talk about that when we actually know some some proper details about it so um this looks really good matt this walrus audio again you know walrus absolutely smashing it with the pedals at the moment the 385 obviously we loved last year um, and what did, what came out last week or a couple of weeks ago? Uh, what did we have last week? Was it was it the phaser? No, the phaser was from before. I think there was a new chorus, if I remember rightly. Okay. The Julia 2, was that? Because they had the Julia chorus and then I think they had a new one out last week. I mean, I was just having a look on their web because they're also releasing like loads of limited edition stuff as well, which is almost direct through their website so different um artwork finishes they had a load of like tattoo finish okay. stuff go up which was really nice um but just having a quick look if i can remember what was new no i think it was something limited edition last week but the one thing i still haven't tried which i think was their first pedal is their fuzz and tremolo with the joystick controls yes still need to try that i'm all about the joystick controls ever since i saw the first i guess it was devi ever or dwarfcraft that were doing it i think devi ever did it first and i think there was something with devi ever and dwarfcraft which i don't know the full ins and outs of yeah 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 um but i just want a joystick pedal that's all i want See if yeah. Walrus can um, send us a demo one to uh, to check out. So yeah, all good. Walrus going from strength to strength. Um, next up, Friedman Amps um, have announced the Pink Taco Mini and the Dirty Shirley Mini. Are these mini versions of already existing amps? They're mini versions of already existing mini amps. I actually thought these already existed, um, but then I think I just got confused because they've actually already made head versions of both of these, and right. now they're just available in a one by. Bizarrely enough, one by ten combo. Interesting. So, yeah, which I thought was, and I don't know. I'm assuming that's a, a very specific choice, um, because sort of Dave Friedman's known for kind of doing. Well, I mean, everyone does everything. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
in this kind of industry for a reason but he's kind of really like down to minute details on um on kind of some of the designs because i was actually watching a documentary about the guitars that they made and they were talking about i think they start off for every build they do for every run of build they do on guitars they start with 500 pieces of mahogany and then they work that down to 50 in terms of what the mahogany is not good in terms of the mahogany yeah in terms of the mahogany that they want for a particular resonance or grain on the guitar so i think they kind of do the same thing with this i'm sure there's a a really good reason they're going for 110 i'm wondering whether it's because i mean they say it's got a surprisingly meaty tone i wonder whether the 10 because there's slightly less bottom end and the amps are quite drivey it gives you a little bit more punch yeah i mean 10s some tens are all about that aren't they they're all about the, the kind of punch 12s are a bit more open sounding um yeah and eights generally are really boxy sounding whereas tens i find are actually a really nice compromise yeah so this is a one by 10 20 watt combo all tube single channel um the dirty shirley mini um is i think one of the best heads you can buy for the money i think they're 13 or 14.99 but the range of sounds out of them is absolutely incredible um, and the great thing is the effects loop that's in this is the same effects loop that he designed for the new wampler bravado amplifier okay so really transparent and designed to take pedals like really well um because obviously when people are using these amps they're generally using a lot of gain they're using humbuckers um but a lot of people out there are using you know a lot of delay pedals modulation effects so ultra transparent effects loop as well um we've got two el84s simple controls gain master bass middle treble and then a three position like what they call gain structure switch okay. which isn't necessarily like clean crunch lead but it just changes the kind of amount of gain you're getting um from the gain control basically yeah uh, all usa made and yeah coming in at only about well they say nine and a half inches deep by 15 and a half inches wide so actually pretty diddy i think yeah yeah overall I don't mean um, to. I don't mean to cut back to the aesthetics, but I hmm. was very disappointed when I looked up the pink taco to discover that it's it is pink. in fact black. It's not pink or a taco. I know. It would have been good if they'd done like yeah, some sort of like taco themed front in or or, or pink. a pink a, a pink, pink a pink themed front a pink one what or just it, like a bit of pink yeah. trim or something like that. What if it comes wrapped in grease proof paper? That'd be wicked. Like you get like in from a, a Mexican place, that'd be brilliant. Um, I'm, I'm, it's good that we're talking about these, but for me, this just makes me think like, shouldn't Marshall be doing this? Well, I mean, <laughs> completely, completely. Like, a vintage looking funny, amp really. with loads of like really good modern features. Yeah, that's pushing the technology forward in a really good little package. That's not mega money. Like, I mean, it's all built in the US. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it just seems really obvious. You know, we talk about like what Marshall could do to revive the brand. Like, just make this and put Marshall on it. Well, yeah, well, I, mean, I think completely. he started. I mean, I, I'm sure there there was some sort of tie with him doing something, not with Marshall, but I think modding Marshall's like yeah. way back in the day. But even like old-time martial artists have moved to Friedman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, Foo Fighters the, the and biggest, stuff, I think. Yeah, yeah the, I was going to say, the Foo Fighters, I think he's got, like, a hundred... Um, he's got six of the 100-watt, like, BE100s, which is their, basically, their two-channel 100-watt high-gain martial. Yeah. Effectively. Um, you know, multi-channel British-style amplifier. I mean, it's as close as you can get to saying martial. We love martial amps, so we modded them and changed them to a point that we really liked without actually saying Marshall in, in the title. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. think they just aren't that bothered anymore? I think maybe just the money to be made off headphones and sunglasses and stuff Completely. is yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. easy money. And, and this it's... is quite a difficult thing to do. And the app market is shrinking. We know that. So I think um, as well, sometimes it comes down to the the tech that you've got because I can't remember when Aid started at Orange, but obviously he's designed now what are some of the most iconic Orange amps of all time yeah and you know i think sometimes you just have to get an engineer on board that's like right we've got to do this completely we've got to do this and yeah maybe it's about who you've got at the time who's basically sitting behind the soldering iron actually designing these amplifiers i think also if you remember as well you know there was quite a long period where orange released a lot of stuff that 
not that it wasn't good, but it just didn't connect. You know, like the initial rockaverbs and things like that. Yeah. Just were big, heavy boxes. And then I think they started going, oh, you know, things like Tiny Terror. Suddenly it was like, okay, well, you know, we're selling a few of these, but we could, you know, by trying something, being a bit risky, we could take a huge part of the market. You know, there's a need for smaller, but still fairly powerful amps. I just wonder whether someone like Marshall can actually afford to do that. Can they afford to take the same take sort of risks? Risk. Yeah, Because, you know, Orange, at the point, I think, where Aid came in, or, you know... Early when they came back into the UK, um, they had nothing to lose really because there wasn't really a brand at that point. Um, so they could try a few things. Whereas you know, Marshall are <laughs> so established and have got you know uh, uh, things like the booming headphone business that they're doing. Um, could they afford to take a risk like the Tiny Terror? Maybe mm. not. But anyway, um, let's do one last bit of sad news. Um, Alan Holdsworth, who I have to admit, not someone that I know a huge amount about. Matt, I know you're a big fan. Um, Alan Holdsworth passed away this week, age 70. Is that right, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. Just um, yesterday. So the day that we were recording this. So yeah, the um, 16th of April. Yeah. I mean, I was saying to Jay before we started recording, I suppose in a way, maybe a guitarist that a lot of people don't actually know, and maybe not directly listen to his music, but maybe some of the people they've listened to have probably been, he's been a big influence of, um, and he actually, like, especially with a lot of the kind of like modern sort of gent music and things like what Meshuggah have been doing for a long time, all come down to sort of Alan, like the guys in Meshuggah, their biggest influence guitar playing wise is Alan Holdsworth. And you can hear that a lot in the music. A lot of the kind of modern guys like Pliny and stuff like that all take from that kind of fusion style playing. Um, and yeah, he's kind of like just this, he was just this northerner that was basically just an absolute virtuoso on on guitar um had a really unique playing style had a really unique theory style as well he was completely self-taught so he like invented his own scales and then gave them weird names like x3 this is the (laughs) x3 scale um and there's a there's one of his tutorial videos the really famous one he's talking about scales and he's like this scale wouldn't make sense to anyone but me but this is how it goes and then he like plays it and then it's just like this chord chart next to him and it's just like why nine on like this board <laughs> it's a classic just like this really like crazy mind but influenced so many people in terms of kind of even like his guitar sound that like compressed like chorus delay sound that you hear like loads of people trying to copy um, and also a real famous user of the Magic Stomp, I believe. The Magic Stomp and the Yamaha UAD-99, which was um, the, the the precursor to that. It's In a, fact, I'm sure one of his pedal boards had four Magic Stomps on it at one point. It's not often that we bring up the uh, Magic Stomp on this <laughs> podcast, but when we do, it's always for a real serious good reason. Yeah. <laughs> I say good reason. Um, it's not for a good reason this time, but it's, you know, it's um, and, worth pointing out. And a uh, Kiesel Carvin Indoor C. Oh really? Just recently, I take it. Uh, no, I think he's played carving like headless guitars for a long time. Um, but I know that like Kiesel carving is kind of like a newer thing. They're like they are absolutely knocking it out of the park when it comes to um, guitars at the moment. Especially they're doing loads of Facebook Live factory tours, pick your guitar live, and I think now he's sort of come to the, the forefront more is like Alan Holdsworth being an endorsee but I think he's played carbon guitars for a long time didn't he uh, isn't there like some famous pictures of him playing something headless didn't he play like those Teufel guitars ah uh, yes well he's obviously also famous for playing the synth axe yes the most expensive guitar failure of all time in fact he was probably one of the only regular users apart from Gary Moore in Out in the Fields which what, I think he played what a video another uh, what a video what a song yeah um what a guitar player and I remember asking Gary about it and he said he absolutely hated it <laughs> I was like oh you, didn't you play a syntax you know, out in the field he went yeah it was rubbish <laughs> I mean rubbish wasn't his word like obviously I'm not going to repeat what his exact phrase was on the podcast but uh, Alan Holdsworth I think he actually owned two or three and he was one of the only guys that could really ever make it work but yeah the syntax and if you're not sure what that is I just just go on YouTube syntax and you will see, a, I think it was £12,000 in about 1985. Wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah. 
a lot of money for a guitar that was basically an unplayable synthesizer <laughs> so if um if people want to go and check out some alan holdsworth and i think i kind of want to because like i said i don't really know a huge amount about him i know that he is this kind of like weird experimental fusiony player what's the yeah, uh, I, what's the album to track down um there was an album in the 80s that to be honest i've, I've just always browsed through kind of his stuff because he's got a long long list of records um i to be honest i would just go heavy machinery was an album that he did in like 96 it's i mean to be honest anywhere you go it's going to be incredibly hardcore so i would just go for like some youtube videos first um because yeah it gets like it gets pretty pretty hardcore into the fusion but metal fatigue from 1985 <laughs> is his probably mo- his most famous song and it's under five minutes so well within listening territory okay. for you mark good yeah, yeah i think i might be able to manage that i listened to <laughs> a um uh, like i said i'm moving so i've been cleaning out like loads of records and found a pile of seven inches today and i listened to a seven inch that has i think it's nine songs in less than five minutes on like that side one and side two are less than five minutes combined that's what i'm all about i get ni- <laughs> nine songs in the time in uh one the space of one alan holdsworth jam so uh, so yeah anyway so um yes if you're listening to experimental math rock uh this week pour one out for alan holdsworth can i just drop in one piece of slightly more light hearted news you can. which i actually meant to bring up last week okay. and this is more sort of popular culture okay. news rather than guitar news specifically but have you seen the lineup for the uh, the uh, the band lineup for the upcoming corn tour in South America. I, d- I saw this bit of news. Very very weird. Do you want to explain what's so weird about it? So corn, uh, um, the seminal uh, detune hero band of the nineties through to the band that made you buy a seven string. The band that made me buy a seven string are uh, about to embark on a tour of uh, i believe south uh, south america okay and uh fieldy the bass player cannot make it he's doing another fieldy's dreams album I, apparently his absence <laughs> is being is is uh is has Unex- not been explained they don't know where he is i guess they don't know where he is Just so instead look, look for a car filled with like weed smoke i'd imagine <laughs> didn't he didn't he at one time oh no that was someone else don't worry Instead of Fieldy, Corn uh, are being joined on tour by 12-year-old Ty Trujillo, Rob Trujillo. Trujillo. Trujillo? Trujillo. Let's I'm go. I'm not sure. Tr- I'm not sure Trio? how to pronounce it. Trujillo? Um, the, the geezer from Metallica's son. Yes. Who is 12 years old. Of course. And <laughs> which I actually don't think is the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing is that in every... Um, video and picture I found of him he's just playing a P-Bass of course that's what you need for corn so like I don't know how he's going to make it sound he's going to buy an Ibanez K no what's it called K5 that was it get that so who's in corn David Silva is not in them anymore David Silviera I don't think he's in them anymore he was the drummer right he was the drummer no David Silva the football player yeah 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 you're right okay um I don't know who plays drums for me anymore. <clears throat> for a while, it was Aaron Cometbus, I think, which is No, weird. that was like when they first started. <laughs> Legendary uh, East Bay punk drummer, Aaron um, Cometbus. I think Monkey and Head... Monkey and Head are, are both, both back in yes, it. Yes, they are, yeah, yeah. Uh, Head, only one of them Head, left. He, well, he only... head to Christ and yeah. then came back again. <laughs> I want to uh, see Monkey to Christ. <laughs> and, uh, and Jonathan Davies, I assume. Yeah, maybe he's, he's still, still there. Rocking so the bagpipes. I think it's like... I think it's most of them. Yeah, because David Silviera left first, didn't he? He left to go and be a Calvin Klein model. He did, yeah, underwear model. Yeah. I don't know what he's Crazy. doing now. But, I, wanna, um... I just want to know what field he's doing. Like, <laughs> I don't, I, I literally don't care in the slightest about corn. Um, this news is funny to me. <laughs> but um, what I what... mean, what I find also funny is I was just having a look who the members are, and <laughs> Fieldy's first name is Reginald. <laughs> 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 I want to know what Reggie is. What's Fieldy's second name? I can't. I, I, I can't. Nice. Arvizu. Okay. Arvizu. Arvizu. Reginald Arvizu. Okay. Good. Um, and the drummer is Ray Luzier. Okay. <laughs> Born to Luzier. Um, there we go. Yeah. I. I just want to know what field he's up to. I don't. I, when I don't care about corn in the slightest. I, when I saw corn in. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> when I saw Corn in 2002, is that right? I would have been 14. Uh, I would have been 14 in 2002. Maybe, yep. maybe, maybe it's 2003. I think it was 2002 when I saw Corn at the Docklands Arena, uh, playing in front of like 25,000 people or however many people were there. Um, I reckon that the, I reckon that um, Fieldy's uh, commitment was on the rocks then because uh, that Fieldy's Dreams record was blasting over the stereo yes. in between each band, and I can only <laughs> assume that Fieldy was like, "Listen, I'll do this tour, but only if you play my record constantly." That's so, your your, uh, your homework for this week is to go and listen to Fieldy's Dreams, assuming it's on Spotify. It, 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 <laughs> no, there's a high chance that it won't title, be title. title. Yeah, he's got <laughs> title exclusive for that one. <laughs> Here's a weird tie-in with bass players and London Docklands around the same same tie-in. I was saying to um, I was saying to you guys, I got to hang out with one alderette of uh, Mars Volta fame earlier this earlier this week, and worked out that when I saw the Chili Peppers in 2002, which was my first proper gig, like big gig that I went to, the Mars Volta supported on their first ever UK tour, and he was playing bass. So oh, we, we worked out that he was playing bass at the first ever proper gig that I went to. That's awesome. It was That's... a bit like, it's well weird. We should have talked about How that. everything comes around. Let's talk about that more next week, um, about your, uh, your what, because hanging will, out with some... He will upset Joe, Joe. Joe needs to be here, Joe, I think. Joe, Joe found out that Matt was hanging out with Juan Alderet over text message and like... He just, he just put, what? Yeah, he was really, and then really Juan. upset. And then he didn't message for like... <laughs> <laughs> another few days after that if you want to hear the sound of a man actually explode with rage next week Matt you need to really like hype up your story about what oh, you well, and Juan got up especially to especially when we went out for vegan food and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. you'll hear Joe's heart actually blow up um, we are running short on time so uh, let's dive into some questions good um, Alex says anyone seen a band with two guitarists and a drummer but no bass player the current band project looks like that's how it's going to, uh, that's how it's going I'd like to listen uh, to how others may have approached it but don't know any yet Jay Cross I, it's not something that I'd have ever it's not something that I ever endorse no absolutely not it is it's difficult I mean there's um, a band who I'm good friends with who I like a lot uh, from London called Doe uh, they do it and um, I've seen it be good and I've seen it be very bad um, you, you, like, you've got to have a good sound engineer and you've got to have a good um, the longer they've been going the more they've figured out that the two guitar amps need to sound very different and unless you are making like a real conscious effort to do it it is very difficult it's definitely better than going the other way which is going just one guitar and drums no well, that's just, not just the other go way. bass and drums well I'm bass and drums that. i actually think works a lot better yeah because it's a lot easier to put top end onto a bass yeah as opposed to getting decent sounding low end from a guitar mm-hmm. so um there's uh, a band i've seen a few times called japan droids who who do that they they are one guitar and um and drums and the uh on record they sound great like really good on record because they're probably using a bass on yeah. the record but live <laughs> when i saw him he the guitar player had he was using two twins two marshall four by twelves and two ampeg eight by tens yeah but it still just sounded like one geezer playing guitar. Yeah. It's, it's really, really difficult. The, you have to make sure that you are um, getting two very distinctive guitar sounds. I would suggest that um, at least one of these guitarists would need to be using humbuckers. Yeah. Um, and they would need to concentrate on the sort of thuddier low end of the of the riffs. And you want to be able to like dial up the mids and stuff. And uh, and then the guitar player, the other guitar player, will want to you know make sure that there's not quite as many as as much low end in there, so that you get that differential. But my overriding, uh, um, my overriding theory on this would be make friends with the bass player. Yeah, I mean, Alex says there's going to be two guitar players. Um, I will just do the classic thing and force the <laughs> one who the rest of the band likes the least to play bass. That's how I ended up playing bass. Same here, hundred percent. Same here. Um, and playing I'm not- bass is great because, like, it's really it's so much easier than playing guitar. Yeah, 
It's yeah. so much easier than playing guitar. Occasionally, when you're playing bass, you can take one hand off of the fretboard. I do that quite a lot. It's good. It's a classic Lemmy technique. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would be my suggestion. Um, talking about Doe, who is a band that I really like, like you say, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But for me, they kind of exemplify, like, and like if they were listening to this, they'd definitely hate this and probably hate me for saying this. That band's got so much potential, and every time I go and see them, I'm just like, oh, this would be so good if they had a, if bass, a player. bass player. It'd be so good. <laughs> I mean, I, I've said it to them a few times, and they, they like having they like not having it, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's part of their signature sound, but for it, me... Like, recently, it's been sounding it's been sounding good. Okay. I'm not sending them for... The early a, shows were... I didn't think it sounded I'm good. I'm not sending them for about a year. So, um, yeah. I just love bass. Bass is the best sounding one. But like, I definitely think that if you're going to sacrifice, I realise I shouldn't be saying this on a guitar podcast, but if you are going to sacrifice one instrument of the classic three, the guitar is the easiest one to sacrifice because yeah. you can make a bass sound like a guitar, but you can't really make a guitar sound like a bass. Yeah. I guess like you could you could go down the route of having a like an octave pedal, but it just it depends what you're playing. You know, if you're playing fast and loads of chords and stuff, then like, it's not going to track. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. And it never, it's not like a bass. It's a guitar with an octave pedal yeah, on it. Completely. Yeah, completely. Um, Michael says, quick question of an issue that's plagued all of us at one point <laughs> or another. Um, how to attach hook and loop tape, because Velcro is a brand name and not a product, to pedals. So A, sticks well enough so the pedals don't move around when transported. B, can be removed without damaging the pedal or labels. Um, if, uh, if I come to sell anything. Any suggestions? Matt Knight. Yes. Um, I actually saw a video on this once before. Um, masking tape. Okay. In what so, way? So masking tape over the base of the pedals. So basically cover the entire base in masking tape and a little bit around the edges so you get a decent stick and then put Velcro onto that because it oh, actually nice. sticks. So it sticks to masking tape, but masking tape comes off easy enough that it won't damage anything in the process. Oh, that um, totally and I makes saw sense. a video of someone doing that so they could stick their clon to a pedal board so they didn't ruin the serial number on the base wow. so um, I actually saw someone cut out in fact actually if there's a serial number you don't want to lose cut out a piece of paper the same size as the pedal put that on the base and then masking tape um, so I'd say if you're looking at the bottom of the pedal say from like left to right so you cover a little bit of each edge and then the entire at the bottom and work your way all the way down to the bottom of the pedal uh, and then stick velcro on that. that I've also found that there is pedal board tape that you can buy the problem I've got with that is it's it's almost too strong. Like people love using it, but it's like Lego in a way. And because when you click it into place, it's almost impossible to lever out unless you can get a screwdriver in between. So oh, I actually legged. just buy really decent quality Velcro. Do you know what I've always hook done? Tape. Well, yeah, indeed, yeah, hook and eye tape. I've always just put the pedal on there, just wiggled it left to right a little bit when it's on there and that makes the all the hooks yeah. go into the eyes but it's still easy enough to get off if you need to but yeah. like the pedals on my pedal board at the moment that have actually got velcro on there you can hold that up and they'll stick there fine i um the one that i've i've found good success with recently is although unfortunately you buy it in smaller amounts but you need less of it because it's better is actually the velcro that you buy from places like hardware stores like b&q <laughs> yeah um, or home base in the uk because um, guys use those to like hang their tools in workshops so you do like a row of velcro actually onto a brick wall and then you can like hang stuff stuff off it that and then sense. i do that for all my um like four-way plugs on my desk and stuff and it works really well um so yeah just don't buy cheap stuff because it's easy to go on amazon and buy like 20 meters for five pounds um but generally the, it's the problem you always get is the glue and then the glue never sticks to the bottom of the pedal. And then when you go to take the pedal off, the Velcro stays stuck together, but your pedal comes off from the worst. So I guess, I guess going back to what Michael said at the start, um, don't buy uh, hook and loop tape, buy Velcro. Buy, yeah, the proper branded <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, I think the worst Velcro or the worst hook and eye tape that I've ever experienced is, do you remember the stag pedal boards, the UPC ones? Yeah. UPC Came with 688. Absolutely right. the worst yeah. Velcro ever. Like the glue on it was just so bad that it wouldn't even stick to the pedal. 
yeah. when you hadn't put it on the board you just like put it on yeah. and just fall off straight away awful awful um, let's move on Reese says I have a 2013 Gibson Les Paul Jr it sounds great but I have a spare set of Seymour Duncan hot rodded humbuckers so should I switch the pickups or should I keep the originals in now this confused me to begin with I think what he means by Les Paul Jr is LPJ yeah okay because yes. I, I saw this and I couldn't quite get my head around it yeah because Les Paul Jr obviously normally denotes P90s yes. um, and special two P90s so if it was just a junior with one P90, it would be a very difficult job Unless to Unless it was put. a junior special, but I don't think they did any of those in 2013. No, I don't think I, they've done juniors with humbuckers for no, a long time. I'm pretty time. sure it would have been an LPJ. Yeah, I think so too. So the LPJ was um, a guitar that Gibson brought out around this time, maybe a, maybe a little bit earlier. But um, it was a guitar that was really hideously named because it was extremely... Because it led to confusing situations such as this. Yeah, people going, have you got any of those Les Paul Juniors? Like, no, they don't make them anymore. What? Yeah, exactly that. And people getting a bit angry because they did make these LPJs. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, but it's not... Anyway, um, they were great. Really, really cool Mm -hmm. budget, um, like unfinished, uh, like, you know, unfinished, not lacquered... um, like cheap Les Paul Studios basically and the the first run had these really horrible looking EMG style covers on them oh they were really Um, bad and if I remember correctly they were actually glued to the top of the pickup yeah I think so they weren't actually just covers they were properly glued and it was it was one of those very very weird things that Gibson appeared to only do to sort of say well yeah yeah of course you can get stuff without these pickups on you just gotta buy a Les Paul Studio yeah. for an extra 300 quid because that was kind of the only difference like they were a mahogany body and the studio they were, yeah studio, did they do faded studio still or were they all gloss I think at that time they were probably they were, all I think they were all gloss right yeah. so it was the finish was the main difference but also you got cheap and nasty looking pickups yeah. in the LPJ but then a couple of years later they brought out a new round a new range of LPJs that didn't have those they yeah. just had like normal humbuckers mm-hmm. in and they looked absolutely phenomenal so anyway. this, this 2013 one's probably got the ones that kind of look like EMGs in there, yeah, but just yeah. do we know what they actually were? Were they like four ninety? I think they were four. I oh, I don't actually know. I don't no, know. I'm weren't. pretty sure they were probably just four nineties. Yeah, I think so. so. I don't think they've ever used anything different. Yeah, four ninety R and four nine eight T. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, so I, do, I, yeah. do we think we should switch in the Seymour Duncan's? If if that's what's in there, if it's a four ninety R and a four ninety eight T, then absolutely because the I've I never, don't like those I've never liked all. those pickups in the slice and I always thought that it was a a very very weird thing for Gibson to continue to run with I think they're good if you just want to do high output metal because they're quite brash those pickups um, and for like yeah more heavy stuff they're actually yeah. quite good they're, but they're they're the, the you know those are stock those are like Gibson's favourite pick you know, they're, they're in like Les Paul Customs yeah it's nuts. Like yeah, yeah. I, I really never understood why. I, I yeah, I think they sound very boring and very yeah. They're a bit they're they're brash, but they've got nothing to back it up. Whereas I think actually the hot rodded humbucker set is a JB and a something else. Matt, help me out. You've got a in the hot rodded humbucker set. It was a fifty nine junior. No, fifty 15- like a jazz. Is that what they call it? It's a J. I think isn't it a JB and a fifty nine? All right. Do you know what? Let's just use the power of the internet. Yes. Um. Uh, it's, it's definitely a JB in there. Um, JB. JB and a jazz. Yeah. So JB in right. the bridge. And what I really like about those is they are. If you want to do more metally stuff, more heavy stuff, they're brilliant. But they also clean up really nicely yeah. if you roll the volume back. And the jazz is just a really good neck pickup. Anyway, like nice and rich and um, yeah. but nice and clear sounding yeah. so, it's their most popular set isn't it yeah yeah 100% they, they pair together so well yeah so yes I think what we're saying um, Reese, is definitely switch those out and you'd probably be able to flog the other ones if someone's got like an Epiphone or something that would be a decent upgrade yeah you know, if completely. you make 30 or 40 quid back on them then that's um, you've not done bad at all um, and with that we are up at time so we should um, wrap this up thanks very much for listening this week if you want to get an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds content each and every week you can head to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds where from as little as one dollar a month you can support the podcast at the one dollar tier getting an ad free episode early every week at the five dollar tier you get access to not only the extra half an hour of content every week but um, all the other stuff we're doing 
so that includes Joe Branton's Branton's Ranton, um, his series about the things that he hates. Also, the upcoming um, Gear of Yesteryear, I think we're going to call it, maybe. I just came up with that. I think that's good. Um, and also, all the interviews that are happening. We're doing like one special interview a week at the moment where we put up the teaser in the main, like a five-minute teaser in the main podcast feed. But then, like usually between 45 minutes and an hour's worth of interview in, on Patreon as well. So you can get that at the $5 tier. And then from the $10 tier, you get your name out, read out, like these people have. Uh, what am I going to do? What song? Do you want to read it? And I'll do Because you've never read it before. Yeah, okay, I'll read you it. Read I can it read it. I can the, read it. Um, oh, no, but now I've got to come up with a song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Steve McCall, Blair Tom's Carlos Mancha, Andrew Macro, Marcos, JD Short, Andrew McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corridan, Jack Godfrey, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quine, Phil Tomset, Laurie and Stis, Luke Last on the list we have Colin Anderson. There we go. Thanks very much. What is that? Is it an iPhone ringtone or something? No, it's a theme tune. I can't think what. If you know, let us know in the Facebook group. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Or you can follow us on Twitter at guitar nerds at Instagram on Instagram <laughs> at Guitar Nerds as well uh, Matt's doing loads of good work over there um, and on YouTube we had our, our biggest month ever on YouTube for new subscribers if you're not subscribed youtube.com forward slash Guitar Nerds videos thanks very much we'll see you next week thanks gang hey <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 